podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, this is Stroke Daddy, Ricky Starks, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Scott McLeod here for Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, and I'm here with a very special interview with a man who can be described in many ways. He is absolute, he is Stroke Daddy, and he is the hottest prospect of NWA power is the one and only Mr. Ricky Starks. Hey, how are you, man? I'm very good, man. I appreciate you taking the time to, to speak to us today. Of course. I definitely appreciate people reaching out from all over the world, especially my people from overseas, you know. <laughs> very good. First off, about uh, housekeeping, you can find us on all good Android podcasts and sites. That's Anchor, Spotify, and iTunes. And you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SuplexRetreat.com uh, for all our back catalogue and features. And in our Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat on Patreon for reviews of all the wrestling going on, especially me and Stephen Wilson reviewing NWA Power every two weeks. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Stark. Man Jones, uh, and then my Instagram is Starkey Baby. That's with the Y. And then of course on Facebook, I'm, I'm Ricky Starks. Uh, it's not that hard to find me on there because I'm the only guy that looks like a wrestler in his display picture. Yeah, good. We'll start off with a question we we ask everyone at the start of our interviews, and we like to use this because well, we get a different answer from pretty much everyone we ask, and that is why do you love wrestling, and where does your passion come from? Ah, you know what? I can't really. That's a hard one, and that's that's been one of the hardest questions to answer since I've started. I, I don't know why I like wrestling. I feel like it's one of those things that is very difficult to explain to someone else why you enjoy it. You know, of course, when you meet someone else who enjoys wrestling too, I think trying to sit down and figure that out is a is a very difficult part. I could be real superficial with it and be like, well, I love the characters and things like that. But on a deeper level, I'm not sure why I was drawn to it. Something about it I just I just love, but I can't explain to you what it is exactly. And I think from that and it being so attached to my childhood, and then once I got into it, I was able to see how that, you know, being a wrestler, how that impacts someone else's life as far as the moments they create with their their family or, you know, whatever the case may be. I think that's where the passion continues to drive me is from that. And, and I'm a pretty, pretty selfless guy. So if someone gets entertainment from me just destroying my body, then, hey, that's fine. That's what I was put on this earth to do. Yeah, it's sometimes hard to kind of quantify why you love wrestling because it's really nothing like it. But you did mention... Yeah, the characters, and I did read in a, a previous interview that you did that you mentioned a couple of your favourites being like like some Mankind and like Undertaker. And, yeah. And uh, they, these are definitely like large and leaf uh, characters. Do you think you've got a lot of praise for some of your, your vignettes and you know, your character? Do you think maybe you kind of took some inspiration from these kind of larger like, life characters that you kind of grew up watching? You know what? You make a great point. Maybe, yeah, because I, I, man, I, you, you were spot on. The only person you didn't mention was The Rock. Uh, those are my three, but those, yeah, I really think that may, let, we can say that's probably some aspect of it as well, because even just outside of wrestling, too, I'm, I'm pretty much a, a big personality. I like that, and, and you can see that in the way I dress, the way I talk, you know, the way I move. So, yeah, I, I will agree with you on that. I definitely think that has something to do with it, just because that is so different than what you see typically 
right? You, not a lot of people, most people nowadays are kind of reserved. It's very rare to see someone that has that type of uh, intangible quality to them. Yeah, I mean, how could I, how could I definitely forget that there are some people on our team that would definitely crucify you for not mentioning The Rock. <laughs> well, I feel like everyone, like that's the thing, everyone is, uh, or The Rock is everyone's favorite typically, right? Uh, I feel like the three I chose are so different from each other, but that's what makes me like them a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, like we talk about kind of your your character when you were kind of getting into wrestling, do you think kind of was it more important for you to also kind of establish your your character work as well as kind of being good and also in the ring and ring aspect? You know, um, to me, when I was when I first started, I knew that I needed to figure that part out, the character part, right? But at the time, uh, I was really big into just making sure that the wrestling itself, my, my footwork, things like that, were a lot more important. Uh, and then once I got to a point where I felt like I was okay with that, then that's when I turned to the the, the character aspect of things. But honestly, to me, those two are, are hand in hand. I feel like they're as important as the next one. And when you were kind of starting out wrestling for a good few years, you were part of a tag team known as Extra Talented on uh, Aaron Solo. Did you enjoy being a tag team wrestler? Did you see kind of starting out as a tag team as a great way to kind of get noticed? Honestly, I, I loved I loved tagging with Solo. Solo's one of my good friends, and it was fun to uh, travel around with him and wrestle together because the chemistry is already there. So that was the easier part as far as the tag team goes. Sometimes you get into a tag team and you don't have chemistry with your partner, and things don't necessarily work out how you are hoping it would. But with me and him, it was it was great. I didn't look at it as just an opportunity. So that was the thing too. Actually, we were a tag team because we wanted to get noticed as well, and we saw that there wasn't many. Tag tag teams on the indies and there still isn't really and so we did have that mutual understanding of each other like well we we got together because one there isn't tag teams but also two we want to make sure that we get noticed and that's why we traveled to europe we wrestled in ireland england you know uh, stuff like that so yeah very good and as you said you've had some like you went outside of the us to the uk to europe and places like that and you also wrestled for a number of promotions across the US. When you kind of start out, are you the kind of wrestler who has a set list of kind of like goals they want to accomplish and that they and places they want to wrestle for? Or are you the kind of well, just takes it as it comes. You know, when I first started, I was the person to just take stuff as it came because I, I didn't have the the idea to write things down and, and you know write stuff down and put it into the universe. And so once I got a little bit more into wrestling and I started to look around and see that I needed to, there was things that I wanted to do, but I wasn't accomplishing them as I was expecting. I started to write down my goals, so I would have a you know a, a finish line to work towards. And that changed a lot of things in my career. I remember I I went on Twitter and I said, hey, I'm going to go to Japan this year without any idea of how I was going to do that. And then two months later, I was in talks with DDT and I went over there. So it it really put into perspective how important writing goals are, the big goals and the small goals down. So you have at least something to work towards. And that's even outside of wrestling. Uh, That's just a good idea of whatever you want to accomplish and... A lot of things, one thing that some wrestlers, like most wrestlers, want to accomplish in their career at some point is probably to wrestle for WWE. And 
you've had some you did some work with Dewey and kind of an enhancement role as far back as 2016. Were you kind of hopeful that when you made these appearances that hopefully this would <laughs> open the doors for you to someday come to Dewey or perhaps NXT? Mm-hmm. I remember when I first went to WWE for the, the extra the extra talented stuff. That was back in 2012. And I remember thinking, okay, this is my opportunity to get a contract. And um I remember being there and, and, you know, the first few times it's cool and then it kind of wears off where you go, okay, well, I'm just, no one really notices me, so, and I'm just here doing something. But then when I asked, I had match and TV and things like that, that's when I really thought, oh, I can get a contract from this. And when that didn't happen, I had to go back and reassess my outlook, you know, because I had put all my eggs in that basket of thinking that's what, that's how it was going to happen. And honestly, man, nowadays, I, that is my goal, of course, is to get up there. I feel like that's the if you're a basketball player and you've been doing street basketball, obviously the NBA would be something that you want to get towards. Uh, so WWE is definitely something I want to get to eventually. But if wrestling has shown anything, it's there's different different routes to get there, you know. So it's not necessarily I get on as extra talented and I get signed from that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's one of the things where it doesn't seem like it's not a lot of people are rushing to get to WWE nowadays because there are so many other avenues to explore before getting there. Exactly. Think about that too. Think about what you just said. I feel like that's a perfect that's a perfect example of wanting to be established and experienced and well seasoned before you get up to the big the very tippy top of wrestling and i think that's good for anybody because you know once you had because that's how it used to be you get this experience you move on to wcw wwf and you have these great wrestlers who have had experience they they're well seasoned you ain't got to worry about someone fresh being thrown into the deep end Mm -hmm. yeah definitely like definitely a sign of how the landscape of of wrestling has has changed and speaking of how things have kind of changed you I saw that you made some appearances with the NWE as far back as like 2012, long before Billy Corgan got involved. Uh, what would you say? You know, there's a lot of differences between how the NWE was kind of managed back then as opposed to how it is now. Well, when I so the NWE that I was associated with back then, um, that was under the that was under another ownership, right? So that one, <laughs> of course, had different goals and ideas as the NWA of now. I'm telling you, the ideas that Lagana and Billy are putting together for NWA is absolutely amazing. It is so cool to see and to be a part of because you are literally in the trenches with them. They are all doing this on doing this on their own as far as the protection, things like that. Everything is bootstrapped. So I think being a part of this group as opposed to the one of old is a lot better in my favor just because there are actually people who see me as a viable asset to what they're trying to do. And I feel like that's a very great feeling, especially coming from the fact that I've been doing this for nine years and never really felt like people were wanting to give me a chance. And I don't know if that was based on my size or if I didn't have a a boring look, you know, things like that. So I can't speak of enough good things of those two just for the fact of they saw something in me and they took a chance and I feel like it's really paying off. I feel like the chemistry of anything is perfect. Yeah, it does seem like everything seems to be clicking uh, with NWA Thera and I was curious, who was it that kind of reached out to you about coming on board uh, this current iteration of the NWA? Was it Ligano or Corgan or was it somebody else? Actually, for the NWA 70 show, Lagana reached out to me first. 
and I gave him my phone number and we talked on the phone and he told me his vision of things and that that vision just was leading up to NWA 70. On the back end of it, I had talked with Aldis. I hadn't met Aldis, but I had talked with Aldis a bit somehow and I can't remember how I did, but it was through text and he was just telling me that he, he liked my vignettes that I was doing, him and Lagana both. And so I get to NWA 70 and I actually meet Nick. Nick's awesome, of course. And then I meet Lagana. I didn't, I don't believe I met... <laughs> Uh, I may have met Billy too, but it, it just started with the NWA 70 and Lagana was the one that made sure that he talked to me and fleshed out the goal that he had and initially why he was so drawn to me. And it was through those vignettes that I created. So uh, that's really how it started from there. Yeah, because we, uh, we spoke to Nicholas in the past and they lead up to the premiere episode of NWA Power and when asked about people to kind of watch out for he your name was the first that he, that he mentioned he spoke very highly of you is it is it a good feeling to have like the current like nwa champion the kind of flagship bearer almost of this company kind of speaking so highly of you honestly i feel like it's a great feeling to have just someone speak of me you know because well, nick didn't know me from really a, a lineup he he saw a vignette and saw the creativity and i think that led him on to go you know do a little bit of research on me so i don't think a lot of people know i hadn't met nick before that just someone i didn't know just saying how much they they liked my work how they they liked my creativity was a positive feeling in itself and then i actually got to meet nick and sit down and talk to him and he's an awesome dude he really is i don't feel like there's too much of, of a difference between him and I when it comes to personality and things like that. Because I know there's some people have a, a preconceived idea about Nick just by looking at him. But I'm telling you, he's absolutely amazing. I don't ever feel like he's like trying to get one over on me. I feel like he's always has my best interest at, at heart. So it's a great feeling to know Nick like that and to have Nick talk of me in that way. Because, you know, it feels good to be recognized for something that you've been working hard at for a very long time. Definitely. I mentioned a few times your, your vignettes. It's just like, obviously, that's a good feeling the digital that you've put all this work in these events and now people are taking notice to you is this really all you kind of being heavily involved in creating these vignettes oh yeah for sure the only thing i don't do with these vignettes is um i'm not filming it or i'm i'm a little bit involved in the editing but since i don't know how to really use editing software like that the guy who films it does it as well so but I, i'm there with him and so that's a, a joint effort um but yes everything else is is from me it's all funded by me. I'm the one producing it. I'm the one that's writing down the ideas and the script for it. So, you know, that's it. That's good to have a positive reaction to those, especially since I'm doing it myself. And, and honestly, I love it. I don't find it to be very, uh, you know, difficult just because it's a good creative outlet and two no one's doing it man that was the thing the idea behind these vignettes was if i can't get myself over i can't compete with the super athletic wrestlers of today i just can't because i just i'm not that athletically inclined but damn it if i can't get myself over just by these vignettes and i really think people took to it because it was something different the production value was amazing and it was a bit random and, and i think people enjoy that yeah definitely definitely a good strategy to kind of get yourself noticed and i think it's an example of kind of the, the creative freedom that a lot of people on the independent scene right now are kind of afforded 
Yeah, and that's the thing too. I feel like we we should be taking advantage of that because not only can we exercise that creative part of our brain, but two, we are afforded that luxury of that right now. And talking about kind of the freedom, uh, all this in his interview was talking about. He had an agreement almost with the parent company of the NWA, and he has an agreement to appear for them. What is your kind of exclusivity? With the NWA, is there a contract? He's still able to work certain places outside of the NWA, outside of the, the taping schedule? So with NWA, um, I'm, I'm pretty exclusive to them. If anyone is try- if anyone is wanting to, to bring me on, of course they have to go through NWA to, to get that. But uh, that's that's where I stand as far as my, my contract goes with them. I'm still able to do other shows. It just has to go through NWA. And NWA, like Power, have got a lot of great talent at the moment. They've got people who have been established in other companies and they've got newer talent that are really taking advantage of this platform. Is there anybody that you've come across in the Indies that you think if the NWA was to sign them, that they would fit in perfectly with the program they've got right now? Oh man, yeah, for sure. Uh, off, off the top of my head, I really think uh, Alley Cat would be awesome there. I think someone like Ryan Davidson would be great there. You know, uh, people like that. Those are the two that I really think would just you just plop them in and they would they would fit in perfectly. Of course there's more names, but I don't want to I don't want to get too deep into that and then it turns into a war. <laughs> of course, yeah, I can understand that. Uh, at the time recording NWA Power's sound episode will be airing going live in a, in a few hours, but the first six episodes have been received to much critical acclaim us here at Supply Three Feet, we've very enjoyed them and how has it felt for you to kind of see this kind of outpouring of positive feedback to these episodes? Brother, I love it, man. I I actually am so thrilled about it because I think a lot of people put too much stock into to those numbers and then try to compare it to what we see on TV. And the thing is, is that you're you're comparing numbers of something that's on a digital platform on, on a you know, basically, uh, it's on your demand to TV ratings. Um, So either way it goes, at the end of the day, I look at those numbers from our YouTube shows and I go, this is awesome. This is absolutely great. This this shows that people do care and, and they're interested and that they're watching. You can literally watch it whenever you want to. How awesome is that? Like you can watch it whenever you have the downtime to. Uh, yeah. So I, I, the first, man, I, I remember my reaction after the first episode, I was like, holy crap, this is, people are really loving it. And from there, I was like, oh, we'll easily triple that number, double that number, quadruple that number. Like, this is perfect. It's, it's, it's such a great feeling to have, especially to know from, from the behind the scenes aspect of it, of how tight knit everything was ran as far as people just doing it themselves. There was something that needed to be done and, and someone would just jump in and do it you know not necessarily they didn't have the experience for it per se but they just got in there and and it needed to be done and that's what they did so i i love it i'm so glad to to see it and then i'm also happy to see how we do on this pay-per-view which i think will exceed people's uh, expectations for it as well definitely and i agree with the on-demand aspect of it and that even if you don't get around to it first i mean it's on youtube that's anybody can access it and it's only really an hour at most a week so and I've found that myself that if I have one or two episodes I've not caught up on it's very easily just to sit down and watch them because they 
before so I prefer to just go by like that right yeah you by the time you're done watching go wow it's already been an hour that's amazing <laughs> and, and you're just waiting for the next one mm-hmm, exactly and for me one of the highlights of NW Power's run so far was your work with the alleged great great grandson of William Shakespeare Aaron Stevens uh, <laughs> how likely would you be to see his film Tropical Pirates if it does indeed reach theaters you know I'll tell you a secret I actually saw a screening of his of his movie and it put me to sleep it really <laughs> did it put me to sleep but you know what that doesn't mean that he's a bad actor to me that means he's a great actor because he was able to make me feel something since I wasn't able to sleep in a few days. So I, I thank him for that. Um, but, you know, I, I'll tell you this. I think that for as talented as he is, I really think that he's an asset to that platform, to, to NWA, period. Just because I think he brings in another, something different that, you know, not everyone has. And that not everyone, you don't see it a lot on the indies either. So to me, I like watching him there. I like seeing him because he's just so unique in the way. And as you put it, you know, yeah, his movies are doing, they're doing terrible. But, <laughs> but man, <laughs> don't, don't let him know that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I would agree. Definitely. He's been a, a great part, a great asset to NWA Power so far. And, You've got victories over him and victories over another former champion in the WWE, Trevor Murdoch, and now it seems that you're you're maybe having interest on Colt Cabana and the national titles. It likely we'll be seeing that matchup sooner rather than later. You know, uh, I definitely think it'll be a lot sooner than later for sure. Uh, to me, having the uh, I'm on a winning streak right now, so to me, I feel like I am old. A, a shot at the national title wouldn't you agree i mean i had that shot back in at nba 70 so i think it's time that we come back around and tie up those loose ends mm-hmm. i mean there are people out there in wrestling that are putting a lot of emphasis on wins and losses and if you're on a winning streak then you can't argue against the idea that you may deserve a shot right and uh, speaking of like you mentioned the pay-per-view that's into the fire which will be on fight tv on the 14th of december and it's the first kind of pay-per-view since NWA started becoming a weekly TV show again, a mm-hmm. weekly program again. And how important is it to be on the card of this first pay-per-view since this like current run of NWA, of like since Powers kicked off? And is it important to you to be a part of this pay-per-view? Yeah, absolutely. It's important to me just because this is the the first pay per view. But not only that, it's also it's a it's a great opportunity to showcase more of me past the the hour mark, past the um, you know the the limited matches on time. Uh, I feel like this is a great opportunity to really put my footprint into the wet seat mint, so to say, mm-hmm. and really leave a, a lasting mark here in NWA. And one last question before we move on to our, our quickfire questions that we like to do here in Neat Sleep Suplex Retreat. What does the future hold for Ray Starks? Where do you see yourself in like the future? Well, obviously I see myself as the national champion pretty soon. And then from there, I'll go on to win the world's title. But, you know, beyond that, actually, just on, on some personal goals, I really see myself coming back to Europe, of course. Hopefully I can make it over to Scotland and then revisit Ireland and revisit England. 
-hmm. and visit those places that I enjoyed. And then the other goal was to go back to Japan next year. I really want to do that. So those are the two on my list right now that I have that I'm really working towards, you know, accomplishing. And knowing me, I'm pretty sure I will accomplish that. Yeah, and uh, I hope you do. And on that note of coming to Scotland, I'm sure uh, we'd definitely enjoy seeing you. I mean, there are a number of promotions, I think, definitely make the trip if they wear what they get you. And that's the best part about it. But before we go, Ricky, you here on each week, so if I should like to round up our interviews with a quick, quick fire round, if that's okay. Okay. Okay, just one of the other, basically, Rock or Austin? Rock. Trish or Lita? Oh, man, Trish. Cody or Omega? Cody. This one might be a bit hard. Taker or Mankind's? Oh, dang. I'm going to have to go with Taker. I've trained with Taker, so there's a, there's a, it means a lot more. Cool. Then do we really do one's Aldous or Cabana? Oh, uh, that's a hard one. I'm going to shoot straight to the top, Aldous. All right. Yeah, old school NW here, uh, Dusty Rhodes or Ric Flair? Dusty Rhodes. Xbox or PlayStation? Ooh, I would say Xbox, but if this was like back in 2001, it would definitely be PlayStation. Favorite wrestling game? Uh, Well, I would say WWF No Mercy, but I also actually like WWF SmackDown, uh, Just Bring It. Alright, favorite one of your nicknames? One of my favorite nicknames? Yeah, between like Absolute or Stroke Daddy, which is your favorite? <sighs> You know, Stroke Daddy was given to me. So I will go with... Man, I really like Absolute because I came up with that. <laughs> Favorite cheat meal? Uh, it's You know what it's going to be? It's going to be a barbecue chicken pizza from California Pizza Kitchen. Sounds good. Favorite wrestling pay-per-view? <gasps> oh, man. WrestleMania 17. You know, I can't argue with that. And finally, Dream Opponent. <laughs> my Dream Opponent. Oh, my Dream Opponent would definitely be more Fuji. It's uh, definitely a different one from what ones we've had so far. <laughs> well, I, I really, I really would love that to happen. Definitely sounds like a, a very interesting matchup, and that's you know all the time we have now. It's all our quick fire questions. Ricky, I want to thank you once again for joining us. Thank you guys. One more time. Where can people find you on social media if they want to see more of you? Well, you can definitely find me on Twitter as StarkManJones. Uh, my Instagram is StarkyBaby. You can also buy some merchandise for me, too. I have a it's rickystarks.bigcartel.com. Just got in some new shirts with some pins, uh, so you can look that up. But that's really where everyone can find me at. Follow my shenanigans on Instagram and read up on my commentary of just stupid stuff I see on Twitter. But yeah. Okay. And remember, you can find us at SuperHVG on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we're on all good Android podcasting sites, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, all our previous interviews and shows. And okay, once again, thank you for joining us and good luck with NWFO. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Stop whatever you're doing right now. You've only got one choice. This is Billy Kirkwood. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online. You should be subscribing. You should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Get on it! Sports Social Podcast Network.